Hey, welcome to Conversations with my dear friend, Jeff Conway. My name is Susan. This is A Different Kind of Walk. My friend and co-host, retired longtime pastor Jeff Conway, is suffering from a neuromuscular disorder that is slowly taking away control of his muscles. In today's episode, Jeff and I discuss the Camino de Santiago, which is a 500-mile pilgrimage across Spain that Jeff has done before and will do in a wheelchair this September with friends. And Jeff mentions his wife, Patty, his friends, Toma and Gil, and my husband, Gary, who is a pastor like Jeff. He also mentions Nebraska because that's where I'm from. Enjoy the episode. I did want to ask you just essentially why the Camino? Um, Why Spain? Because I know that you've traveled all over the place. You've been to Egypt and Israel and Iona and just so many other places. Um, North Platte, Nebraska. And North Platte, Nebraska. Oh, yeah. Cornhuskers. Um, why the Camino? Why that's Spain? That's on the main road going straight through. Of course it is, yeah. Because that's where our car broke down. That's the only reason I remember <laughs> that name and know that. Yeah, I what? still have, I have a friend who still lives there. My parents are about two hours away from there, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, essentially like you could hike anywhere. So what is special about the Camino de Santiago and uh why why is that meaningful for you nothing (laughs) and everything uh so that's probably my answer for a lot of things so i took a while to really pay attention to god and say seminary is the thing to do and working with young people in giving back that gift to all those people who reached out to me as a young person. Um, so I always thought I would go to school on the West coast cause that's where I was from and Fuller seminary, which had a young life program that taught, um, you know, it was a full seminary degree like Gary got, but with a youth emphasis to it. And I was just in a pie shop probably three or four months before school, maybe a little longer than that, before school would start. And uh, my choir teacher from high school saw me. And when I told him what he was doing, he was shocked as all get out because he knew wild boy from high school and didn't know what happened to me afterwards. And the guy he was with said, have you ever considered Gordon Conwell? Mm. And I said, what's that? And he said, it has a really similar program that's run by a guy that started young life inner city and it's in Boston. And I went, Oh, um, thanks. Uh, and they left. And I didn't say anything to the person I was sitting with, but I knew immediately that I was moving to Boston, which was the weirdest thing in the world. And this is back in the day where you had to write a letter Hmm. and say, dear admissions department, can you send me a catalog? 
can you send me a application? Can you, you know, I don't even remember how we did all that to tell you the truth. So I, I knew immediately. So when I heard about the Camino, it was the same experience. I went, Oh, that's interesting. I'm going to do that. Hmm. And that was, so I went in 17. I heard about it in 16. I started working with Dr. Gonzalez in 15. Okay. That's Dr. Pedro Gonzalez. He's a neurologist and clinician scientist at UPenn in Philadelphia. Uh, but Pedro was just, I mean, he was just a great guy. Mm-hmm. So we were still totally unclear. And I think I was having problems. I, before the Camino, I was only using that little cane. Mm-hmm but you were still unclear what it was that was going wrong. Totally. So in 15, it was like, there are definitely muscle ripples. There's balance issues. There's stuff going on. No, it doesn't look like Parkinson's, you know, no kind of clue what's going on. So, um, So what he told me at the end of 15, kind of moving into 16 was you got to stay as strong as you can. Let's try to do that. So I heard about the Camino and just said, Oh, that's what I'm doing. I just smelled it. And um, it wasn't because it was in Spain Uh, It wasn't because it was a Catholic pilgrimage that was typically about penance. Hmm. It had nothing to do with what a chunk of people do is walk it for a miracle, Mm -hmm. either for them or they're doing it for somebody in their, in their life. And so it was for none of those reasons. It was, um, uh, it just smelled like the right thing to do. And, uh, and it was after being on Iona seven times. I mentioned Iona earlier too, but Iona is a small island off the coast of Scotland, mainly known for Iona Abbey located there, which is one of the oldest Christian religious centers in Western Europe and an amazing place for a spiritual retreat. And I talk about Iona and Jerusalem and a few other places that smell like God. Um, when there've been enough prayers said somewhere, you can just kind of smell it. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of part of the, Oh, I'm going to do that. And the assurance of why to do that and it not being just wanderlust was, uh, more because of the smell of prayer, uh, that I knew I would experience. So I told Pedro, I said, Hey, I'm, you said, stay strong. I've got this kind of crazy idea, but I'm thinking about walking 500 miles across Spain. And he immediately knew what it was because he grew up in Spain, Um, which, you know, I didn't know until then. So, uh, so he was just a hundred percent behind it spiritually and physically. That's great. So I thought I was going to walk in prayer. Uh, Even my spiritual director really pushed me not to have conversations like you and I are having right now because I like to talk to people. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, do this with God. Don't 
don't ask everybody their story. Although you're asking me my story right now, it's the other way around. But, um, um, and I did ask a lot of people's story, but it came up at the right time. And so he helped me not just chat with people, but there's something interesting about, it's hard to chat to people on the Camino, I think. Just because you're moving or why? No, because people go deep really fast. Okay. It's just not a chatty kind of place. It's a, uh, everybody's doing it for a reason. Even the ones that are checking it off on their hiking list. I think they're probably changed in some, it's, it's gotta be different than the Appalachian trail or those kind of hikes because of what it is. And it's so group focused. So, you know, for me, my journey that I didn't realize was going to be my journey was I had been the guy that had been at all those deathbeds, at all those knee operation beds, at all the divorces, at all the, you know, all the stuff. And that was really natural for me. What was unnatural for me was asking for help. Mm-hmm. I didn't know at this point that anything physically was going to advance. So, you know, I'd seen enough people with canes and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, people just walk with canes. Mm-hmm. I guess the guy in Monopoly uses it to look cool, but um, <laughs> I don't know if we want to mention that I got the secret cane that somebody gave me that had the test tube in it. Do you know about that? No, test so tube for what? You could unscrew the top and have a shot of alcohol. <laughs> so when I went to meet Toma and Gil for the first time, I was using the cane. I had a shot and I was worried going through security, even though it's, you know, just a tiny little test tube, but right. I had a shot of tequila in there for us to cheers when we met each other at the airport (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) so i don't know that that makes sense with this maybe that will come up at some later point but yeah so tell me about starting the camino then um yeah what was that like Uh, this was interesting for me because i usually pay a lot of attention when i'm traveling Mm -hmm. uh, to the details and things that are happening around me because I'm learning Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes in interesting places because of my safety, I needed to pay extra attention. Yeah. Um, But I remember everything about the Camino office and that's it. Okay. (laughs) And then I could not tell you one thing until probably two hours later when I was way up in the hill and I was looking down to this valley where St. Jean was, I was just kind of focused on marching. And um, uh, I do talk about that longer story in my manuscript about the people I met uh, at at lunchtime um, who were lovely and said they wanted to watch out for me. And it was, um, incredible. But, um, after lunch, there was nothing but sideways rain going through the Pyrenees. 
and it was just tough uh, going up and then you hit the rocky trail and it's just muddy and so you're walking around the mud and all this kind of stuff but um, I met it it made it to Ronchevelis late and so the next morning uh, was kind of normal for every day I set my alarm either for 5 30 or 6 um, because people that would walk six hours, I would typically walk 10 hours Okay. to do that same distance. So the second day was rain again. And uh, this is where it got interesting that um, uh, I knew I was close just from markers or towns that I'd gone through to my next stop, which would be Zabiri. Okay. I don't know how many people stopped and said, can, can I help you? Mm-hmm. And it was raining and it was shale. So it was this broken kind of slippery rock going downhill. Oh, wow. And, and I was moving very slowly. And I said, no, no, no. I just have to move slow. Get out of the rain. Are you sure? Yes. Get out of the rain. And so at least four or five people did that to me. And then uh, this man comes up to me and says, I'm walking with you. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, 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 get out of the rain. I just have to move slow um, to keep my balance. Um, uh, I'm, I'm fine. And he said, I'm walking with you. <laughs> I said, no, really. It's, it, it's okay. I'll, I'll be safe. And then he stopped. So I stopped. And he looked me in the face and said, I'm walking with you. <laughs> um, so it's like, oh, I don't have a choice here right. to say. Um, so once again, with the not hearing the stories immediately, um, I did that. But, but I know it was one of those right moments that I talk about. Right. Yeah. So who is that guy? So he was a British officer who was retired, okay. who was on pension, who sold everything in his life. Oh, wow. And uh, the only thing he owned was a motorcycle. So he started his Camino in England okay. and rode his motorcycle somewhere south of Paris before he parked it with somebody. Mm-hmm. I think somebody he knew. And, um, so he, gosh, I mean, he'd already done a full Camino. Yeah. He'd probably done close to 500 miles by the time he caught up to me. Um, so just hearing about his life as he's walking slowly with me, cause he was doing the talking and I was doing the concentrating. Yeah. Um, it took two hours to walk two kilometers down this wet shale covered hill that was pretty steep going into Zabiri. I mean, it was just this beautiful thing that he was not going to take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> whew, I didn't think I'd get emotional, but yeah, I mean, it was just, it was beautiful it was wonderful um i I don't know if you want to cut this out or not but 
but he was just this wonderful uh, gift to me walking down that hill and realizing, yeah, there were times that I needed somebody to walk alongside me. Yeah. Do you remember his name or do you want to say it on here? That's okay. If you don't. Bob Schwartz. <laughs> no, that, you know, I make that up for everything. No, I mean, that's the sad thing that um, part of me wishes I kept a journal. Yeah. But part of me is really glad that I didn't. Yeah. Um, so no, I don't, I don't remember his name, but I thank God for who he is and what he did for me uh, because that's what we are called to do for each other, uh, mm -hmm. for everybody. Yeah, I, I've heard you tell bits of this story before, and it always reminds me of my freshman year of college. I was playing volleyball with a bunch of friends, and I, like, sprained my ankle so bad. Like, sometimes they say that sprained ankles are worse than oh, broken first. ones. Yeah. So, like, I was walking around on crutches, and it was pretty early on in my freshman year, so, like, I didn't know a ton of people super well, and... um sprained my ankle horribly. I'm hobbling around this campus and I'm trying to get through a door. And I just, I'm like trying to hold my backpack and I have my crutches and my foot and everything. And I like, can't get through this door. And this guy, uh, the kid in my class named Caleb just came up behind me and he like, he almost like pushed the door shut and just like looked at me directly in the eye and was like, you have to let people help you. Mm. and then he opened the door for me and yeah. I like almost cried because like I don't know I was trying to do everything myself you know right, and right. yeah so that was that same moment I am walking with you right there's no choice yes so you, you have yeah. to let go and let people help so and yeah. did you do that I did. I, yeah, after that, I kind of opened up. I tried to let people into my world and uh, I made a lot more friends at that point and it was really good. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. So that was the beginning of your journey. What, what about the end of it when you actually got into Santiago and you saw the cathedral? Like I've seen these pictures of that beautiful view and the amazing cathedral and the the incense and just all of the stuff. So like, what was that experience like for you? What did you take away from that? So, right. You know, uh, Patty came and met me in Saria, which is uh, one of the main starting points for people mm -hmm. who can't do a long Camino uh, because it's 100 kilometers away from the cathedral and so it's become a real popular little town for a lot of people to start so we uh left early the next morning and um we were two completely different people on different tracks when you leave saria you go uphill again okay so just like I had to start directly uphill out of St. John's, you had to start directly uphill uh, out of Saria um, and was kind of encouraging me to slow down. Um, 
So it really wasn't until that evening when we were eating that we talked about it, that I was ready to finish. Yeah. She was ready to start. And I had to go back to a place that I was before and go, that's right. And I want to do this with her. So I need to slow my intentions down and not just be looking at the finish line, uh, but enjoy these last hundred kilometers the way I had enjoyed the 400 before that. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't remember how many days we took five or six days uh, to get to Santiago. And uh, it's the first time in weeks that I was around that much traffic. Uh, but when we made it there, it was just uh, tears for me. I, I mean, I'm not good at describing emotion. And you know that, but the tears were real and they were tears of joy. So, you know, at this point in my journey, I did not know anything different was going to happen with my body. Uh, as I shared with you uh, at one point that, you know, I was walking with a cane. I knew I had balance issues. I could look down at my arms and legs and watch the muscles just kind of ripple and move and think, well, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. But at that point I wasn't in a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, Thank you, REI. <laughs> I did not have one blister on my feet after 500 miles. That's uh, awesome. The socks and the shoes that they got. I wasn't even in that kind of pain. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. The ripples and all that, they weren't causing pain at that, that point. And so I just kind of was thinking, this is my life that, I'd had two back surgeries. I'd had various other fixes for ridiculous things that I'd done and just kind of thought, you know, this is how my life is going to be. I wasn't looking down the road saying this is going to be bad, mm -hmm. but what the Camino did for me in that sense of where I say uh, at the beginning being the person that needed help. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be that person. I didn't think I was that person. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to accept that person. Uh, I didn't want Caleb pushing the door shut and saying, right. let people help you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't fully get the British officer saying, I'm going to walk with you. But it just hap kept happening more and more over, over the Camino. And I realized I could lift my hand out to somebody else and say I needed help. Yeah. And particularly needed physical help. And what that did for me was uh, enabled me to release a lot. Yeah. And I didn't know what I was releasing at that point but I was releasing my body to God that came to me later. But what the journey was, was releasing my body to God so that six months later, 
after being home when I was having to use two Canadian crutches just to walk mm-hmm. and to stay stable. It wasn't a horror to me uh, because I'd had this beautiful experience of releasing my body to God. Thanks for joining us for A Different Kind of Walk. Come back next time when we discuss Jeff's favorite music, his upcoming Camino hike, and his final days at work. Until then, live well.